Uh, I'll admit real quick, I'm a little jealous because I've done announcements like multiple times on the stage and never before have I got background music. <laughs> never. Nobody has played the soft, nice little piano thing while I'm doing announcements. Tim Wilson, call out. Um, but uh, last week we were talking about uh, having uh, and changing ourselves and so and leaving a world that's better than you found it. First, we needed to change our own mindset we needed to change a little bit more about ourselves in order to change the world around us. Um, and so today we're going we're gonna to use that thought and we're going to build on it into uh, maybe what you would consider some external circumstances or whatever in our life uh, that we can build on. Uh, and first and foremost, I just want to say like, hey, my name is Reed. I'm the student pastor here. Uh, and uh, it is my pleasure that you are here today. If you are new, if you've been here for a while, we're so happy that you're here um, and we legitimately think that we have a message uh, that, when taken to heart, could change your life. And so we want to share it with you. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has, created a, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. And so this actually gives us a thought of, okay, first, Jesus has great things in store for us, Right? Jesus wants something better for us. He wants something great for us, and he has it planned for us. And, and then the second part of this passage is that there, there's a sense of readiness on our part, right? Like, the, like a planning and a readiness on our part to get ready for the opportunities that, that God is going to present to us. And so um, over and over again, kind of God gives us these, this idea of becoming ready and getting ready and and uh, making ourselves available for the opportunities that present themselves in a number of different aspects. And finances is one of those aspects and an opportunity that we need to get ready for and to plan for. Let me ask you this question. If I gave you $430 million, what would you do with it? Yeah, right? $430 million, what would you do with it? I bet a lot of people in your mind, you're like, I'd buy this car and I'd buy this house. Uh, and and you're, you're going through a list of things that you're going to buy in your head, right? Uh, well, the reason why I say $430 million is that I'm, I'm a big sports fan, so um, I don't know if you know this, but Mike Trout for the Los Angeles Angels just signed the biggest sports contract ever in the history of sports, like anybody ever, with $430 million over 12 years. What? Yeah, right? The way that sports usually gets you is if they give you a contract... They're like, all right, here's $10 million. This is your contract. But really, your guaranteed money is $2 million. So the other eight are kind of like based on how you play, based on if you get hurt. Like we could take that $8 million away from you. You don't have to get paid that. But you are guaranteed $2 million, right? Yeah, Mike Trout's is $428 million guaranteed. So if he gets hurt and breaks his leg tomorrow and can never play again, he's still getting paid $428 million which is insane. If that was my team, I'd be like, I think that's what our club is worth. I don't even know how you pay a guy that much money. Uh, but this is our thought, right? When we are presented with the idea of money, we're like, okay, what could I spend money on? And if only I had more money, then I'd be fine. And so we kind of have that thought going in our mind all the time. Let me, let me break down to you Mike Trout's numbers just in case you wanted to know. For every game that he plays, he makes $222,000. For every at-bat he takes, he makes $61,000. Every month, he makes $3 million. Every week, he makes $692,000. Every day, he makes 
Uh, every hour he makes 4.1 thousand, and every minute he makes 68 dollars. That'd be nice, right? Even since we've started meeting, 9:32. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. So, like I said, I don't do math. But here's the deal. Here's what we here's what we don't know, and here's the problem. There is no on ramp to finances. No one teaches you how to do finances. Like yes. Maybe in school, high school, whatever, like you take a finance class and you play like a weird game uh, with finances and see if you can invest money or something like that. And like they teach you how to write a check, which I already forgot how. Like they, there's not really like these things in life that, that people just don't tell us how to take care of. And money is one of these problems. And so if you don't believe me, here, here, here is some statistics that you might, might interest you. If you are an Asian living in an, in an Asian country, 20% of your income is saved. So on average, an Asian like, invest 20% of their income. If you're a European, 18% of your income in, is becoming invested. If you're an American, you spend 1% more than you make. This is a real statistic. So we know that as a culture, this is a problem for us. Like handling finances, obviously money management is not taught to us very well, right? And, I, and I'll be the first to tell you, like I was never taught how to handle my money. So I have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm guessing with it. The problem when you guess with money is money disappears kind of fast. So here's, here's the other thing. Living paycheck to paycheck is a really, really hard life to live. And there's a lot of problems with that. Here's the deal. 30% of American households have a long-term financial plan. 30%. That means 70% of us in this room right now are just wondering what we're supposed to do with our money and we're living paycheck to paycheck. But here's the deal. If you have a long-term financial plan, here's what this gives you. It gives you less stress and improved mental and physical health. Like, your health is actually benefit by this thought of just having a le- uh, less stress and, and a financial plan. You have a higher self-esteem and you have higher cognitive function. Can you imagine what would be freed up in your mind if you weren't thinking about how you were going to survive with money all the time? Could you imagine what you could think about? What you could give just a little bit of thought process to something else other than just money. Your parenting becomes better. Your marriage becomes better. Generosity is improved. All of these things are helped by this kind of thought. And so um, looking at another athlete, I don't know if you guys know who Rob Gronkowski is, but he's a tight end for the New England Patriots and he just retired and he's played for nine seasons and he's made on average about $8 million a year. Since he's got into the league, he has not spent a dime of his contract. Not a dime. He hasn't spent any of it. He put every single time he gets a, a, a check from the New England Patriots, he takes it, he invests it into his bank account and he's like, this is what I'm going to survive off for the rest of my life. And so I... So he doesn't buy, like, I know some of you guys watch sports, so he doesn't buy, like, a fancy car. He doesn't buy this huge, giant blingage. He doesn't buy all this stuff that you would see other athletes with. He doesn't buy fancy clothes because he's like, I need to save my money, and so therefore I'm not blowing it. He bought his parents a house like most most athletes do, but it was like $300,000. It wasn't like he blew his check on a house. Um, So he's been very frugal with his finances. And, and I know what's going through your head. Like maybe in your mind you're like, well, if I made $8 million a year, I could also be kind of frugal with my finances, right? Uh, yeah, true. That'd be nice. I'm not going to lie. But we all start from where we're at and we use what we have. And, and, and what you have now is what you have. So are you being a good steward with this? And guess what? If you're not a good steward with what you have now, you're not going to be a good steward with $8 million. 
That's just, that's just factual evidence. That, that is real. Look at lottery winners. They blow their money. They all end up bankrupt. So here's the deal. I know that you guys don't want to sit up here and listen to me talk about money. Because I already told you that I have no idea what I'm doing with my finances. So what we're going to do is we're going to invite up a couple people who are on this journey um, of doing finances and, um, and kind of figuring out their family plan for finances and what they do and what's helped. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Now, when we invite them up here, I want you to be like, have this in your mind that they do not have everything figured out. They do not think that they have everything figured out, and they won't. So, that is not good. That's an expensive mic. <laughs> um, oh, are you sitting here? Uh, you can if you want. I'll, I'll just move over here. So um, <laughs> adaptability. Um, it's a strength, I think. So, um, so first, could, could you guys just say, um, could you say, what's your name, where do you come from, and how much do you make a year? I'm just kidding. Don't say that part. Don't say that part. That'd be weird. Well, uh, well I'm Chandra, and I come from Portage. I've been here my whole life. Nice. Yeah, you're welcome. That's good. My name is Diane, and I grew up in West Central Illinois. Um, we've lived in Portage for, I believe, about five years. Is that a city or just a general area? Oh, that's a general area because no one has ever heard of my hometown. What's Griggs it called? Griggsville, Illinois. Yeah, I've never 1,200 heard of it. people. Yeah. Oh, he has heard of it. 12, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, be, I drove through there once. I ran out of gas and uh, I had to stop there. Um, that's good. That's good. Um, wow. I had more than that in my graduating class. But, okay. So anyway, what is, what is the worst money habit that you have? For me, I'm always surprised about um, how much money we spend on food. Um, sometimes I'll look at our spending and I'll be like, whoa, honey, we just ate our paycheck this month. <laughs> um, and then my other vice would be Target. Um, funny story, um, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago, we were walking in Target and Liam's like, mom, was my third word Target? And I'm like, I was like, and that's your so. son. Yeah, that's yeah, my son. He's like, yeah, we've been coming here since I was a baby. <laughs> At least he knows. Like, nothing Second like home. your son calling you out, right? It, yeah, right. Oh, you want me to watch that one? Yeah. Um, my habit, we have a lot. We have a lot of bad habits. Um, I think it's easy when you have kids to get into bad habits and you start to um, justify some expenses and you're like, oh, I work hard. I'm going to buy that. And I, you know, I, I had a really stressful week. And so I don't want to cook tonight. We're going to go out to eat instead. And so, um, those are just some easy pitfalls that we have at home that we really work hard to try and like, okay, no, we can't do that. We have to, we have to be diligent about what we're trying to do. And so, yeah, which statistically, if you didn't know, I'm about to shut all the guys down in this room right now. Uh, if you didn't know, we are at an all-time high in America at spending on useless things of 6500 That counts like eating out, uh, entertainment, concerts, games, stuff like that. Guys are about $1,000 ahead on average than girls. So next time your husband looks at you and says, you're spending a, like a dumb amount of money shopping and stuff, um, then you can be like, well, on average, you spend more than me. So, done. <laughs> Uh, just go ahead and shut that down now. Uh, so uh, I, I think that when we talk about money, uh, I mean, when we talk about anything with Jesus, actually, like we, 
there's this thought of being incredibly intentional with what we have and being stewards of what we have. Um, like Proverbs 22, 7 says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Uh, I think for a lot of us in this culture, debt kind of looks like a, mon- a monster to us. Like it's this big, gigantic thing to get in this debt snowball. Um, so what's, what's like our first step in dealing with um, like the thought of, of being in debt and needing debt in order to survive or stuff like that? Okay. Um, well, so debt is really a hard thing to avoid because really to, to, in this day and age in our culture, it's really hard to be able to say like, I'm going to save up so much cash and then go buy a car. And you definitely want to save towards those purchases, but debt is inevitable and everybody most everybody has, um, has some of it. Um, but the most important thing is that you want to get to a point to where you don't have so much debt that you can't live. And so um, getting out of debt should be a priority. Um, getting down to a place to where you just have a mortgage, um, there's a lot of freedom in that. And so like an easy way to do that, um, like Dave Ramsey teaches like in the financial peace classes, is that you create a debt snowball and you list all your debts um, on a piece of paper. And so you just get out, I owe this person, I owe this person, I owe this bank, I have this credit card, um, this is my car, this is my house. And you list all your debts from the smallest amount that you owe in total to the largest amount. And you just work to pay them off as you um, as you go through each month and you set money aside. And so when you pay off the smallest one, then you take the amount that you were paying on that payment and you add it to the next one. And so you just keep doing that until you build a snowball and then you have all of your excess money that you can put towards debt going towards your biggest payments um, at the end. And it really helps you gain momentum as you start to pay those things off and you cross them off the list and you think, man, look at all of these. I had seven creditors and now I'm down to three. Um, It's just really kind of empowering as a as a household to kind of go through that. Yeah. Do you have some to add? Um, I, I, yeah, I think that one of the, I think one of the, um, I think one of the craziest things too is that like uh, of the byproduct of what debt does to us is uh, like it, we have trouble planning for the future because of debt. Like we're just staring at it all the time. And, and so we're like, okay, well, um, I can't plan for the future until I get rid of this. And so we're dealing with one thing at a time, but What's, what's one step or what's one thing that we can do right now to start planning for the future? Because if you're like me, um, you're like, I don't plan past tomorrow, so um, what do I do? How do I plan for my future with finances? Um, I think the biggest thing is to create an emergency fund. Um, and so that would be like $1,000. If you can get to a point to where you have $1,000 in a savings account, um, there's some freedom in knowing that you have that rainy day fund that's available in the event that you get sick or um, you have an accident and now you have to pay the deductible or um, you know you hit a pothole and you get a flat tire on the way home today. Uh, all of those things, those become crises when we don't have an adequate savings account to be able to handle those. And I know like for my husband and I, you know, we operated in emergency mode a lot when we first got um, married. And so it became one of these things where um, you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're working on, and then a crisis happens and then you, it just ruins your whole week. You know, it just, where's that gonna come from? And it becomes a stress point. And then um, when you can build up just a little bit of that savings, and even if it's $5 a paycheck, like it doesn't just start somewhere um, and create some kind of a savings account that you can have that will give you a little bit of a freedom buffer. 
Yeah, um, uh, in, in Proverbs 10, uh, it says, lazy people are soon poor, hard workers get rich. Uh, that's one of my favorite ones. I'm like, I'm gonna, if I work hard, I'm gonna be a millionaire. Uh, that's, not how that, that's not how that works, by the way. Um, and, that's not what, and that's not what they're saying to us. But uh, what he is saying is like, when we have to work hard for the things that we, we have. Like, think of, think of rich more than just a monetary value, okay? Uh, rich, rich is everything. So if I described to you earlier the things of, of your mental health, your physical health, like all of this, if you have good everything, you, then you're living a pretty rich life, right? Um, so one of the things that we have to work incredibly hard to do uh, is build a budget. And when I say the B word, people get offended. So um, when I say budget, I'm offended a little bit because it's just, it seems like a difficult work that I don't want to put in. So how do you go about, uh, how do you go about giving yourself a raise in a budget? Um, first of all, so um, I, so, okay, first of all, I think it's important to have a plan for your money. Um, and then secondly, it's important to stick to that plan. Um, Dave Ramsey, I believe, he says it best. He says, you need to tell your money where to go, not wonder where your money went. Um, so it's important to um, set short-term and long-term goals for your money and then um, celebrate victories along the way. And then um, so one way that I um, have been able to, um, to give myself a raise is by shifting um, my mindset as a consumer. And so what I mean by that, when I um, am at the store and I'm looking at a product, I don't see um, the price tag in terms of dollars and cents, but instead I see how many hours it will take me to earn that purchase. Um, for example, so like I'm driving to work um, in the morning and I, have a hankering for Starbucks, and I think, man, that'd be a really nice way to start my day. Um, I, I could stop, or I could, um, or I could think about um, that would wipe out my first like 15 minutes to half an hour of um, work this morning, and would that be worth it? More times than not, I can talk myself out of a purchase that way. Unless it's Friday, then it's worth stopping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or unless you're me and you're just really good at the opposite of convincing yourself that you should buy it. Oh. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, do you have something on this budget thought? Um, I, think, I think when you build a budget, one of the things that's really eye-opening, um, and you can call it a budget, you can call it a spending plan, you can look at it whatever way you want, but Trick it just helps. Right, it just helps you to identify all of those things that, um, like car insurance, you pay it every six months. And so, like when we first started out, that sixth month was a pain because then you're like, oh, how am I gonna come up with this $500 for this sixth month because it's not in my monthly bills. And so then when you start to create a budget, you can say, look, every month I'm gonna take out one sixth of what that's gonna be and set it aside so that when the six month payment comes in, I have that money like set aside already ready to pay it and it doesn't become a stress point then during that time so sure so what what are like what I'm getting from you guys is that there's there's a lot of things with finances that are just um, it's either like really small things that we do that add up or it's like things that we have to convince ourselves are a mindset shifts like we talked about last week um, in our head so 
how much of this is like, uh, how much of this in your, in your guys' experience is like, okay, here's the small things, and then, and then half of it is in my head. Like, I can't get over the budget thing, or I can't get over the debt thing. Or... Like, the, the thing I think that we, as Americans, think is like, I can out-earn this. If I could just earn more money, if I just had more money. And the, the fact is that you can't out-earn bad habits because the bad habits you have, whether you're managing $100 or $100,000, are still going to be there. They're just going to be on a different price scale. And so, um, like, one of the things for us is, like, when we get to the point where we're like, where's Oliver? What are we doing? Because we get off track, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll go a few months, and it's like, oh, we need to reel this back in. Um, and so... Um, we'll look at, like, okay, what, what are we spending every month? Where is it going? Um, my husband and I are kind of data nerds anyway, so this may not appeal to other people. But, like, we'll no. export our data from our online banking and look at it in an Excel spreadsheet and figure out, like, where it's going. Um, again, we're total nerds like that. Yeah, but that doesn't sound like... That's that. so not, like, <laughs> that fun doesn't, That people. doesn't sound like me and my wife's <laughs> no, Friday night. Right, so no, <laughs> we like to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's eye-opening. I could just tell you that. Um, but one of the things we realized is, like, we still had a landline in our house. We have cell phones. Uh, nobody calls our landline except for, like, the garbage truck when they're going to cancel on a holiday or something. And so our landline, and we had this, like, crazy cable package because, you know, they give you free channels, and then you forget to cancel them. And so at the end of the day, we were paying, like, I don't know, $285 a month for cable. And so we were just like, forget it. We're going to go. We're going to cancel it. We're just going to keep Internet. And so we gave ourselves a raise. We ended up cutting out like $185 worth of money that we were spending every month on this stupid cable and phone bill because we just let it go. We just weren't paying close enough attention to what we were spending. And so that was yeah. just like one way that we, yeah. we found so, a win. And, and working hard sometimes is like cutting things out that you don't need, which I'm like, I'm like a hoarder with some stuff. I'm like, don't touch that, please. Don't touch it. Um, and my wife's like, come on. So she babies me into getting rid of something. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, part of that is, is cutting things out. And, and let, me, let me be the first to tell you, it's okay to look at something and, and be like, I don't know why we're doing this. Or, or it's, like, not worth this value, like you were talking about earlier, where you were like, this is, this, we're paying for this with experience, and so what would I rather be doing with this money than this, um, which I thought was really good. So what do, you think, what do you think is one of the hardest things, what's one of the hardest change you guys have had to have, or one of the hardest changes that you guys have had to implement in your family structure or, or in your family plan as you've been trying to figure out your finances? For me, I think it's my kids. I'm getting them on board, you know, not... Um, Everybody wanted an iPhone when they were like in third grade, and every other parent bought their kids an iPhone. And well, I'm sure that's not the case. That's yeah. how they felt. Here's and so then there was a lot of pressure at home. Like the kids are like, "We don't get that. Why do we have to? Why do you always say no?" That kind of thing. And so um, marketing is really good. They have a great way of convincing us. Um, if you look at your Facebook feed, somehow they always know what I'm thinking about buying next. I don't know how that works. It's the man. But it always shows up in my feed, and so. Um, Marketing is really hard, I think, for us to say no to. We don't realize, like, how many touch points there are um, every single day that are just coming across, you know, um, our email and TV and radio and um, our phones. And so um, the marketing is really hard to just kind of like, nope, that's not in my plan. Sure. 
but sometimes you can use um, the marketing to your advantage. Um, I like to play this little game where I will put things in my digital shopping cart and then just wait for um, the emails and the pop-up ads to flood in and um, it, it'll tell me when it goes on sale, then I'll be like, okay, trigger, there we go. How long do you have to wait before Target will give you a discount on your shopping cart? Sometimes it's a couple hours. <laughs> but then sometimes, you know, I'll let it sit there for a month or two. But What? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I respect that. Never would have thought about it, but, and neither can I, I'm super good at impulse buying. Yeah. We all have spiritual gifts. Impulse buying is mine. <laughs> so See, when you impulse buy you will always spend more money anything that's an impulse or a convenience you're going to end up spending more money it definitely pays to be patient Reed <laughs> thanks you're welcome um, can, you, can you share um, can you share a money practice that like if, if we took anything away from today like what is one money practice that you could give us that we're like oh this has helped me be incredibly successful Um, I would say just start somewhere because it's so easy to say, like, I don't know that, I was never taught that, um, I don't know how to do it, or um, I just don't have enough money to even worry about managing. There's just so many ways that you can talk yourself out of, and Satan loves to steal our joy by making us full of despair. And so nothing causes me more despair than when I'm worrying about how I'm going to pay a bill or how where I'm going to feed my family or whatever that looks like. Um, for you. There's a lot of despair in that. And so just start, list it out, what you're getting in, what you're, what you're spending out, and, and figure out a place to start. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Um, something that's been big for our family is um, we separate our, um, a lot of people like to use the envelope system um, and carry cash. And that's what Dave Ramsey kind of goes off of on his in his financial peace um, program. But um, instead of carrying cash with us, um, it's easier for me to spend cash. So I will, um, I divide our income into two different um, bank accounts. We have our spending account and then our bill pay account. And that way, what we have in our spending account, we know that um, that's available to use until it's gone. And then we don't touch our bill account. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, can you guys thank our panel for their willingness to get up here and talk? Thanks. Thanks. Um, so what I, what I want you guys to get out of today is, is there, there is, um, we talked about last week of imprisoning in your own mind, right? Like, we, we are our own best, like, jailkeeper. We, we talk ourselves into a corner. We put ourselves in a, in, a, in a place where we feel trapped. And finances is no different. Finances can make us feel really trapped, at times. And so um, today, the entire point is we want to give you hope that this is, that this is doable. Uh, and we want to give you hope that like wherever you're at on your financial journey, like you can start today and work it out. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, like being financially stable starts where you're at. Um, and so uh, I just want to do a quick little exercise with you guys real, real quick. This is called the margin meter. Um, and so the margin meter is... Um, is kind of this idea for you to kind of get where you guys are right now. So if you could just look at the paper uh, that you have, your note sheet, or think in your mind if you really want to, but place yourself somewhere on this margin meter. If you don't know what that is, the, the margin is um, kind of like from what you need to, to on, right? Most of us have a very slim margin, according to statistics. 
Um, like, we don't have a lot of excess money. We just, we just don't. Um, but here's the deal. We want to help you, wherever you say that you're at on this meter, we want to help you move your meter, okay? We want you, we, we just want to help you move the needle a little bit. And it'll take time. Like all of this, working ourselves, working on our finances, all of this takes time. Um, but we want to help you do it. So one of the ways that uh, we, we're, we're going to commit to helping you is if you text this number, um, the number is 219, and then there's a, and then there's a 319-1616. If you, text this, if you text this number, you text money to this number, um, then it'll give you a thing of, uh, it'll send you something back. It'll ask you to take this little survey of, okay, what do you need help with? So if you want it to be totally anonymous, it'd be totally anonymous. I understand that money is one of those things that we don't like sharing and we don't like talking about. Um, but here's the deal. If you want help, um, be open to somebody helping you. Um, so if you also need any more information or you're like, I don't really want to text money to this number, uh, then you can go ahead and look at, look at the little cards on your seat. You can fill that out and you can go to the community space. There's going to be a table in there um, and you can ask them any questions that you want. Uh, for my family, I need help planning for my future, and I need help planning for my retirement. So we're going to ask for help with, with an IRA. Like, we don't know how to open one. We don't know anything about it. Um, we don't know what's good, what's bad, what to look for. So we're going to ask for help for that. So um, look for something in your life, in your financial life, where you're like, man, I, just, I could use a little bit of help. And, and maybe it's a class to be a part of. Maybe it's one-on-one help with a financial advisor that you need help with. Whatever it is. Um, you can either text money to that number or you can go to the community space with your card um, and that'll just give us an idea of kind of where you're at on your financial journey and how we can help you. Like I said, when we want to help you, we, wanna fr- we want to give you freedom. We, we want you to feel freedom from your finances. We want you to live a better uh, physical and mental health lifestyle uh, and working on your finances in one of those ways. Will you guys pray with me? Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for... Uh, um, the message that you've given to us uh, through Chandra and Diane, and uh, thank you for, um, God, the hope and the, and the freedom that you give us uh, in, in our everyday life, uh, and money is a part of that, God. And as we move forward today and, uh, and this week, God, just help us, uh, give us the power and, uh, and the motivation to just work on our finances where we're at, and, and you know as much as anyone else that this is a really daunting Uh, and sometimes a big, hairy mess that we can't get out of our head. And God, uh, we pray for the freedom from that. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, so if you guys would stand up for me. We do this thing around here where I leave you with a blessing. So if you want to raise your hands out, I'll leave you with a blessing. Uh, May you go this week and know that you have a church family that loves you and will walk with you through whatever you're going through. Uh, Pray that God blesses you, blesses your family, blesses your finances. Um, And go go this week, love God, love people, serve the world.